Welcome, everybody. This is Pastor Blair Blakesley blaring the good news of Jesus around the world. And hopefully that's your desire is to share Christ with those who are living in your world and around your uh, family, home, work, uh, wherever you might be. So, hey, uh, today we're going to be talking. The challenge today is going to be love your enemies. Last week was shock your parents and just had a few just a few comments uh, last week. Hopefully we'll get some more this week. Uh, we had, uh, last week, I had the opportunity to go over to Karen's mom. My parents are both have passed away. They're both living with the Lord, and that's awesome. But uh, Karen's parents are still alive, and thank God for that. They're a lot of fun. Went over and played uh, five crowns, two rounds of five crowns with my mother-in-law and had a great time. Of course, I won both games, so it's more fun when I win. But we're both very competitive, and oftentimes she she wins uh probably more than I beat her. So, so it's good to have her lose a couple of times. All right. Well, anyways, uh, today we're going to be talking about love your enemies. And I'm going to be looking at three different passages. I'll just, this is from the book here, but uh, the passages are, are going to be from Matthew. And oops, I just lost my page. All right. So Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48, and Luke 6, verses 27 through 36 and Romans 12, verses 9 through 21. And before we start, I guess I just want to kind of define what is an enemy. And I wrote down my own little definition. I suppose if you looked up Webster Dictionary or Googled it, you get something maybe a little differently. But I'm thinking of an enemy as someone who opposes your viewpoints, uh, views, uh, maybe opposes your, your spiritual convictions, uh, your behaviors, your work ethics, your morals, whatever, whatever it is, there's an opposition from another person to this person, and it becomes your enemy, or or you're their enemy, or whatever. So, but uh, but as I was looking in Matthew 10 verses 34 through 36, it says that even even the members of your own household could be your enemy. And I hate to say it, oftentimes it's in a situation where where one family member is a Christian, another family member isn't. My my dad, when I became a, a committed Christian, uh, committed follower of Christ, we had some big oppositions, uh, debates, and and I guess you can say even arguments. I, I would share a scripture verse. It didn't make sense to him. He interpreted it a little differently. Like I remember one time saying to him how the Bible says that only, only a few are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it says that narrows the road and... Sh and uh, and narrow the gate that enters into life everlasting, and only a few take it. But wide is the gate, and wide is the road that leads to destruction and hell, and, and many will take that. And he just couldn't understand it. Like, he just thought everybody, you know, everybody went to heaven unless they committed murder and, and raped somebody or whatever. But just over time, like 25 years of time, uh, my dad came to a point where he surrendered his life to Christ, in fact, on his deathbed. But one thing that he said to me was, I regret I didn't give my life to the Lord sooner. So anyways, the members of your own household could be your enemy. In fact, I am um, great friends with this uh, family that doesn't live near us, lives a little ways away. But they have a son who is not a Christian, wants nothing to do with Christianity. And he knows his parents are Christians and he has just become like, I want he wants nothing to do with his with his parents because of their Christian faith. 
I, I hate to say it, but that's that's real life. And it's in those situations that people have to come together and have to be praying for God to continue to knock on the door of the hearts of those who have just allowed a wall to go up that says, I will not, I will not follow God. I will not love my parents and or, or whatever hate feelings are going on there. Christ has to be involved in restoring these relationships. I mentioned about the three passages and what I went and did, and boy, I'd love to have you do the same thing. Of course, I'm going to give you all the answers, so maybe you're like, well, I don't need to do it now. But uh, in these three passages in Matthew, Luke, and Romans, I wrote down all the things that the, these scripture verses say that you should do when it comes to your enemies, and then mentioned some things that you shouldn't do when it comes to your enemies. So I'm going to read the things that are mentioned. Uh, I wrote them down in my the devotional book that I wrote here. I wrote down these things. So here's what it says several times. It says to love your enemies. Now listen, I know this stuff is going to be like, what? What in the world? Why would why would we even want to do that? Hey, hang on, keep hanging in there because I'm going to be talking about all that stuff. We'd love for you to, to just hear, hear me out. So it says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Treat them as if they are better than yourselves. Pray for them. Give to them. Expect nothing in return from them. Bless them. Greet them. Treat them as you would want to be treated. Turn the other cheek. They strike one cheek. Turn the other cheek. Be merciful to them. Get along with them. Live at peace with them as much as you possibly can, it says. Feed them and give them drink, be sincere, don't get revenge, that's, yeah, that's usually the common thing, get revenge, don't curse them, don't withhold from them, don't demand back from them, and don't do evil to them. Wow, if we could just, if we could just capture this, these three passages, and just capture what, what God is calling us to do, it would be, I mean, it would be a transformation in the people's lives, but that's not how the world thinks. That's not how we've been trained to think. That's often not how we are self-think. Even if we do say, yeah, we are supposed to love our enemies, but boy, if somebody, if somebody mistreats us and opposes us, boy, we're, we're, ready to, we're ready to fight. We're ready to retaliate. And that's just not, uh, that's just not what, what God is calling us to do here. So I just want to look at some, some things here. Um, you know, like I said, the world says you have to retaliate. In fact, they want to retaliate or, or, or do harm or fight or kill or destroy. I mean, that's, that's the mindset of people in, in our world today when, when someone stands up and, and, and wants to fight or, or shows himself as an enemy. People want to get even. Um, but, but the thing is, the more, the more we respond to an enemy with hatredness, the more, look, if, if I hate you and I do evil to you, and then you, you retaliate with hatredness in your heart, your hatredness is not going to remove my hatredness. In fact, if you retaliate, the hatredness you bring to me is just going to make me want to hate you even more. And I'm going to want to get even with you. And then you're going to want to get even with me. And, and, and it escalates and gets worse every time. You know, first it starts out something minute with a nasty word or whatever, which isn't minute by any means. 
but then you know ends up now somebody's in a fight and someone's getting killed. Um, I'll just kind of give you a funny story or something. You know, talking about you know you start off with something little and it, and it builds to something big. I uh, started a little water battle with my cousin. I was at the farm, my uncle's farm, and he, you know, he's milking the cows and and uh, Brian and I were doing some of the chores and and I splashed some water on him. Well, then, you know, he threw some water on me with his hands. Well, then I uh, I got him with the hose uh, in the milk house. And now he's he's got a glass of water, a glass full of water, and he wants to get me with it. So he's hiding in the milk house, tucked away in beside this refrigerator, waiting for me to come into the milk house, and he was going to jump out and throw the water on me. Now, I knew he was in there waiting for me. I didn't know where he was at. I mean, I knew he was in the milk, and I didn't know where he was hiding. And I knew he was, he just had something. He was going to do something. I just knew it. So Richard, he was all done milk cows. He had, he had uh, the four milkers in his, over his shoulder on this, this hand. He had the bucket, uh, which he emptied the water out, but the bucket that had the water that we cleaned the udders with on the cows and the dipping dish. So he had this in the other hand, and he's walking into the into the milk house, and I'm behind Richard. Now he doesn't know what's going on. And as as we're walking towards the milk house, I go, Brian, here I come. So now he's he's thinking I'm coming in, but I'm not coming in. His dad's coming in. And boy, when Richard, you know, he could hear the footsteps. And he's tucked in behind this, you know, beside this refrigerator. And when he heard those footprints come in, he jumped out with that glass of water and he threw it on his dad. And and as it as he threw it, it was like like he wanted to bring it back, but he couldn't. And Rich, I mean, it just splashed Richard and he couldn't stop. You know, he's got his hands full and he was furious. And he is screaming and yelling at his son. And I'm out on the where the feed bags are. And I'm just, I'm just hitting the feed bags and I'm laughing hysterically. You know, that's, I mean, it started out with something so simple, like a splash of water off my hands to, to a cup of water, to a hose, to, to a, a, a glass of water. And that's, you know, we, we had fun with that, definitely. I mean, I had more fun than he did, but we can laugh about it now. But, but that mentality that says, I have to go to a new level in retaliation, it's just a dangerous place to be. And it, 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 never, brings, it never brings like people going, wow, I, I love the way he re retaliated me. I, I want to be his friend now. It just doesn't work that way. It just it causes more destruction than anything. So um, if we could just put put this these scripture verses into practice lives are impacted and lives are changed I'll, i want to give an example of a uh, time that i was in the lunch line in, in high school and i don't know i was in ninth grade or something i wasn't uh, a senior or anything like that i was just starting high school so it was could have been 10th grade but i'm pretty sure it's probably ninth grade and this kid in front of me we got in a little dispute we're you know we're in the lunch line and grab our trays and you know, all this stuff. And we got a little dispute and boy, he, he got nasty with his words. I mean, really nasty. And it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And, uh, you know, so I just clammed up and, you know, he's, he's mad and all this stuff. And he, you know, he's got the tray sliding across the, uh, 
um, I don't know, the cafeteria tray slider. I don't know what they're called. But anyways, he's sliding the tray across. He gets to, to the cafeteria lady where you have to pay for your food. And the uh, cafeteria lady, you know, says, hey, that'll be 75 cents. And and he he lacked a quarter of having it. And he was just in a panic mode, like, oh, you know, he's checking his pockets. Like, hey, I, I know I had 75 cents. And he, he couldn't find another quarter. And I had another quarter because I was going to buy an extra plate or an extra helping of scalloped potatoes and ham. And because I love scalloped potatoes and ham and I, I love to get extra. And it cost 25 cents to get an extra helping of the, the main meal. So I, I could have said, hey, Dumbo, Mr. Sloppy Mouth, um, I have a quarter and I'm gonna, I could give this to you, but I'm not going to because you have a foul mouth and I'm gonna spend it on me. I mean, I could, you know, I could have said that, could have done that and rubbed it in his face. But I, I saw him just kind of in panic mode and I just kind of, I just threw the quarter on his tray and, uh, and I got a, a priceless look. Like he looked down and, you know, saw the quarter and his, his mouth was just open. He was just staring at me like, like, what are you doing? You're, you're not supposed to do that. We're, we're enemies. You know, we just got in a, in a combat of words and he just looked at me and he finally goes, uh, thanks. I go, you're welcome. And he, you know, gave the lady the quarter and, but, but he respected me after that. He respected, he showed me more respect because, because love, loving your enemies breaks down walls of hate. It does. And I wish I could say it just does miracles every time. But what you do one day might just chip just a little bit away. You may not see it, but it chips a little bit of a way that someone else that God brings into their lives chips even more a little bit away. But after a while, you see a transformed life. So, boy, if I could just encourage you to, to put this into practice, how, how different things would be. You know, there's... You know, it could go like there's this this union worker. I'm not going to say names. This union worker was in a discussion with another union worker about management, and this guy's like he hates management, and they're they're enemies. So he's talking about how I mean, this was his conversation. Well, I'll tell you what. If I ever saw, I'll just make up a name, John Smith. You know, the, one of the guys in management, if I ever saw John Smith on the side of the road with a broken down car or with a flat tire, I would never stop and help him. I would just drive right by him. I'm like, really? really? That's, that's the love we want to we wanna live out in our life is, is this hatredness that, that never helps anybody. Let me say this as a cautionary. There will be times when someone, an enemy, is going to violate somebody's body in some way that, that an intervention has to occur. Um, we're all to be shown dignity and respect. But once somebody violates our body in some way, I mean, police, loving someone doesn't mean you let them just beat you up and and do nothing about it uh, loving someone means 
sometimes you, you have to get police intervention or, or a counselor or, or um, a teacher or a principal, depending on what your setting is. But love, you're, yes, you are to love them. It doesn't mean you let them walk all over you and hurt your body and, and abuse you verbally. I mean, you can still love them, but you, you can't let them tear you down. Love them doesn't mean you have to trust them. Love them means you, you do something to help them realize that they are worth something. And, and so are you. So anyway, just as a cautionary thing, I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm opening the door for people to just shoot, shoot other people. And it's okay because, uh, you know, you're their enemy or whatever. So, but God's looking for people who, who are willing to, to just rise up and say, I am not going to operate on the standard of, of this world. The world standard says to hate and to retaliate. That's God is saying for people are going to rise up above that and say, I want God, his love to empower me so that I can just come alongside my enemies or, or stand in, in front of my enemies and, and treat them in a way that breaks down this wall of hate. It's, it's a powerful thing, and it sends a great message, not just to the enemy, but to people around, around you. I'll take Billy Graham, for example, the, the, one of the famous, most popular evangelists of all time. When he was uh, evangelizing at this place, this stadium, it was during, it was during the, this big racial uh, racist stuff that was going on between the blacks and the whites. <clears throat> there was segregation. The blacks had to sit here. The whites had to sit here. And at this stadium where, where this evangelist is gonna be speaking, that's how they got it set up. Um, the, the leaders of this stadium have it set up. The, the blacks sit over here and the whites sit over here. And listen, there's nothing biblical about that. There's nothing loving about that. And Billy Graham, I commend him. Before he spoke, he went down there where the rope was, was set up that separated the two races. He went down there and, and took that rope down. And he just took the whole thing down because he wanted to send a message. This gospel is not to be a gospel of separation. It's to be a gospel of joining together. Two, two races who oppose each other are not to be in opposition. They are one person under God. They are the same. God looks at them at the same way. And that's the way he is with, with me and my enemy. He doesn't look at me as if I'm better. Like, wow, Blair, you're, you're, a, you're nicer than this guy over here. I like you better. No, no. He loves us both the same. And he's trying to build a relationship with both of us. And me as a Christian, especially as a follower of Christ, has to stand up and say, God, I want you to use me as a tool to help bring people into a relationship with you. And it starts with my love and how I treat them. If I can just give you an example of a time that I really saw this work powerfully powerfully. And I've shared this story, but I'm going to share it today because it goes right with the message of love your enemies. There's this, uh, this kid, and I say kid because he was, you know, he might've been 18 years old. He might've been 17, but anyways, he was, he dropped out of high school 
Uh, he was in fights a lot. I remember seeing him once at a stop stoplight, just going up and beating on the window of a car, telling this guy to get out because he wanted wanted to fight him. And uh, he was a big big person, but uh, he was a little scary and got a lot, and again got in a lot of trouble. Probably got in a lot of trouble with the law. But anyways, he's on. This is in Union City. He's on one side of town and. One of the kids in our youth group was riding his bike. He lived on this side of the town. He was riding his bike to his best friend's place on this side of town. And as he's riding his bike there, this, this bully kid um, is comes in, you know, sees the sixth grader on the bike. And he just all of a sudden says, and he just starts swearing at him and threatening to, to hurt him and to beat him up and, and, and tells him that, hey, listen, um, you don't belong over here. If I ever see you on this side of the of this the town again, you're gonna be, you know, he's gonna stop in and, and just, you know, he just threatened him, said some nasty thing. I don't even want to repeat what he said, but basically he was saying, I'm gonna beat you up real bad. And just put a fear in this sixth grader. And boy, he, you know, he rode his bike home. He told his parents, and you know, he was so afraid. And uh, he, you know, I seriously feared for his life, really, because. He couldn't sleep at night. He wouldn't go visit his friend anymore. And this went on for days. He would go in and sleep at the foot of his, on the floor, but at the foot of his parents' bed in their bedroom. And they would pray with him and try and encourage him and read some scriptures to him. And it just, he just, it was in fear. He just could not sleep at night. He just had this, all these words going through him and, and such. And so I remember the parents came to me at church one time and says, hey, listen, would you talk with our son and really would love to, you know, tell me the story of what happened and could you chat with him? And, you know, we're not getting getting anywhere with this. So, you know, we we met and and uh, talked for quite a while and everything. And it just and then I remind, it made me think of these scripture verse about loving your enemies. I said, listen, and I went down and read one of the passages about loving your enemies and do good for them. I said, listen, let's let's do so do something good for this kid. Let's give this over to the Lord and let's do something good for him. So he's like, okay. So you know, we prayed about it, came up with an idea that we would take up an offering. I talked to the to the board of the church, said, listen, this is what we would like to do. Here's what happened, here's what I'd like to do is take up an offering and then put it in a card and you know. Well, I get your approval and make sure you're okay with this. Like, yeah, they're okay with that. In fact, they said, we'll, we'll, we, the board, we'll, we'll donate money for this cause. So, you know, we had quite a bit of money. I would say we had a thousand dollars, but you know, you know, enough that someone would go, wow, that's, that's really nice. So we got it, made out a nice, got a, bought a you know, inspirational card about the Lord and had the youth group kids sign their first names and, and, Put, put the money in there and envelope and da, 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 and put the kid's name on the outside the envelope. So one day, I, I mean, I've got this envelope and I know I'm going to find him around town someplace. So I just started driving around town. Sure enough, I see him walking out just on the outskirts of the town. And I pulled over and I said, hey, I go, uh, where are you headed? Just kind of looked at him. I go, where are you headed? He goes, uh, South Street. I go, hey, I'll give you a ride. Uh, no, I don't need a ride. I go, listen, I'm heading that way. And that's, you know, that's quite a walk. Just jump in and I'll give you a ride and I'll drop you off. It's not a big deal. 
He's like, oh, okay. So he gets in the car. And so I start a conversation with him. I'm like, hey, I, uh, your name's so-and-so, right? He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I told him I was on Blair Blakesley and like, okay, not really saying too much. I go, well, I, I heard a, a rumor about you. He's like, what rumor? I go, well, I heard a rumor that, uh, that you were in need. I don't have any needs. Oh, that's, well, it's just a rumor I heard that you have a need. Yeah, I, I don't need anything. Okay, all right. Well, like I said, it's a rumor. But but anyways, I, I've got this, I had the, you know, the card. I'll try to find something that reminded me of the card. Oh, here's a card right here. So I just, it's in an envelope, you know. I said, hey, I got this uh, this card card here and uh, from our youth group. And we wanted to give it to you just to help you, help you out. But I don't need it. I go, listen, it's a card for you. So you take it. It's for you. And you can do whatever you want with it. You can throw it away if you want to, or you can give it to somebody else, or you can keep it. So just, just take it. Like I said, you, you know, we wanted to give it to you, but you can do with it whatever you want. So he took it and forgot to say thank you. And uh, so we drove to South Street, and, and uh, uh, he told me what house, and bubble bump pulled off the side of the road, and he got out of the vehicle and forgot to thank you for the ride. And, uh, and off he went. So... Boom, that, that was it. That's what we did. Well, one, one uh, Wednesday night at the, at the church, we're having youth group, and the youth were like, hey, let's go down to the park for you, for our youth group. Like, no, we're not going down to the park. Yeah, let's go down. It will be so much fun. I go, yeah, that's just it. We're going to get down there. You guys are going to be seeing butterflies, watching people playing basketball, tennis. You're not going to hear anything I say with my message. Oh, no, 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 we promise we'll listen to you. Like. Like they have to make themselves promise to listen to me or whatever. I don't know. I'm like, nope, it's not going to happen. Oh, come on, boom, boom. And they just wore me down. Eventually, I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. Today, we're going to do it just this once, but we're not going to do it again. So I'm just telling you. Like, okay, how are you? Okay, okay. So boom, we walk from the church down to the park, and we get underneath this big oak tree, the leaves. I mean, it's just a nice sunny day, and uh, we're getting ready to have the message. And this kid... This bully kid is walking down the side street by the park with, with a buddy of his. And, and the kid in our youth group, the sixth grader, was like, hey, there's, there's that kid. I'm like, yeah, I, I see him. And they both stopped. Now, there's a little ways away from us, not too far, but, you know, they could see us. They could see me. We could see them. And the bully was, you know, could turn and was talking to his buddy. And then he pointed up where we were at. And those two parted ways. His buddy went this way, and, and the bully came up across the yard up to where we were at. And he just came up. And he goes, hi. Um, is this the youth group that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah this, is, this is it. This, these are the ones. Oh, I, I want to come up and say thank you. Oh, well, you're, you're very welcome. Well, let me just introduce everybody. I just gave first names, da -da -da -da, and uh, we had a nice little chat afterwards, and then he parted his ways. Let me tell you something. That kid's, that kid's heart was changed. Now, did he give his life to Jesus? I don't know, but I do know this. What we did, God used to break down this wall of hatredness that he has. And, and God, I entrust, will continue to knock on the door of this guy's heart to break down the walls.
so that the love of Christ can come into his life. And my prayer is that he would, you know, that maybe he will, will if he hasn't already accepted Christ. But this act of love or kindness is what breaks down hatredness and, and impacts a life of even an enemy. So if I could just, boy, give you a challenge, a challenge. Who's your enemy? And maybe you're the enemy. Maybe you're the enemy of somebody because of your hatredness. Boy, then my challenge is that God, we just pray to God to take away the hatredness and to show love. But for those of you who are like, man, I'm struggling. I struggle at school. I struggle at work. I struggle at home. I'm just, I'm bombarded with this one person, this one individual who just puts me down and makes me feel like whatever. And I just want to say, pray, challenge you to pray for this individual and pray that God would give you an opportunity to show love to this individual in a way that would get the, uh, the deer in the, in the, the light look like, like what, 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 you're not supposed to be nice to me. You know, so so I'm just praying for this opportunity to, for you to step out of your comfort zone. Don't let fear that the devil puts in your heart hold you back. In the power, in the empowerment of Christ himself, let him use you to step out and do something for this individual, whoever that might be. And then share a testimony. Don't mention names, but share a testimony. Share it with us on the YouTube or wherever. Um, again, messenger, message me, text me, whatever. You get different different people doing it different ways, but would love to hear a testimony. So, hey, thank you. Thanks for hanging in there uh, with today's message. Love your enemies. And uh, God loves you. He loves your enemy. He loves everyone. And uh, what, what a great place this would be if we could just continue to act in love to one another. I love you. Thank you for hanging in there. Thanks for hearing. Uh, God's word and look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you. And uh, just remember, God loves you.